Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. There are times Satan will attack you and he'll try and get a hold of your life with the spirit of lust because he can destroy you, he can destroy your family, he can destroy those around you. It is a battle. What are the causes? The world, the flesh, our tendency towards sin, the basic needs we have that Satan would try and put a hook in and pull us in the wrong direction. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and We are all in a battle, and we need God every single moment of our lives. No one is above sin, so always be on guard. The world will shout that you should go and follow your desires, but God says to be holy, for He is holy. In today's message, Pastor Ed will warn us about the sin of lust and how, if we give into it, it will destroy our lives. There are consequences for your actions. The world may tell you it's okay, but the Bible warns us against sexual sin, and you need to take it seriously. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of his message entitled, Lust. First Thessalonians chapter 4. As we look at the deadly sin of lust, we're looking at one of the sins that has destroyed churches, homes, relationships. It's such a destructive thing. But yet, the church is like an island all by itself that is standing against the culture, the society, and saying, it's wrong. While everything around us is shouting, it's okay. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 2. For you know what instruction we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality, and that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Every single person that calls Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior and claims to be a follower of Christ has to order their lives. Has to order their lives by what Scripture teaches As we go into the arena of life, from children to adults, from the secular world and even in the sacred world, 
They're pulling down the standards of morality. If you go to a health class in the middle school or high school, they say, it's okay. Give vent to your lust. Do what you feel. Just do it safely. You go onto the college campuses, and the majority of the professors, whether they're teaching psychology or anthropology or ethics or, in some cases, even theology, say, no, you know, it's okay. As long as you don't hurt someone, you could cohabit. As long as you don't go too far. Well, we all know the media has mastered the art of deception. And they have brought out the new morality. But it's the old immorality dressed in different clothes. And so those who would look at the church say, we're outdated. We're trying to take people back to a Victorian age. Well, I'm not trying to take people back to a Victorian age, trying to take them back to biblical Christianity for 21 centuries that's existed, that's taught how we ought to live in this world. The Bible's clear. It's clear on this matter. It's replete with example and replete with admonition and replete with commandment on how we ought to live our lives. What's happened in the public school system, they've reduced sex to a mere body function. Express yourself. Uh, Colleges, campuses. I was reading an article in Christianity Today. In Christianity Today, a professor spoke out about his campus, and he was saying how campuses today are brothels. Said college brothel. Think about it. You go to a college campus and so many of them have co-ed dorms. They share the same bathrooms, share the same shower areas. In the article, it talked about how you might be woken up late at night by your roommate having sex with someone else. In one college... Uh, They've coined a word when you want your roommate to leave so you could have sex in that dormitory room. What's happening? What's happening in the culture? Are the faculty bathrooms mixed at those college campuses? Are the visitors' bathrooms mixed in those college campuses? I wonder. I doubt it. We're sending children off to college and we're sending them into the vanity fair of temptation. Whether you're a philosopher or a psychologist and people come in and you tell them, it's okay to cohabit. It's all right. Well, you can say all that all you want. Christianity says it's not. The Bible says it's not. God says it's not. He's a creator. He's the lawgiver. And you can't indulge lust without being burned. 
You can't take coals into your body without being burned. And that's what the scripture is teaching, that there is a consequence. Well, how can we overcome lust in a society that has put the landmines of temptation all across the journey? As I thought about the message, I said, you know, this probably... Three things that I wanted to especially focus on. Many more things I could have said, but three things. I want you to look, first of all, at the causes. And then the consequence. And then the cure. The causes, the consequence, and the cure. What are the causes of lust? In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 to 5, it says, God's will is that you be holy. So stay away from sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God in his ways. Our culture is becoming more and more pagan, more and more heathen. What we're doing is saying, no, we are just along the evolutionary line and we're just a higher form of animal And do what feels good. I hope you've gone to see that film by Ben Stein, Expelled. I know very few people are going to see it, but it's really good. It's dealing with evolution. And how educational institutions are prejudiced against intelligent design. Anything that will contradict evolution. They don't want to debate it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to discuss it. Because if you take the creator away, then you can do whatever you want. You could make the laws as you go by. What's the cause of lust? The world we live in, all around us. In 1 John 2.16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. All around you, middle schoolers and high schoolers, Don't fall into the trap of thinking that you could hook up or be friends with benefits. What does that terminology mean? It means that you could date somebody, go out with someone, not even date them, go out with someone and say, hey, let's have sex today. And you go to that person's house or you go to somewhere with them and you just have sex and that's it. That's over with. The Bible says as a Christian, you can't do it. The Bible says, as a follower of Jesus, that's not our lifestyle. Bible tells us that we can't do that. So as we're looking at our culture, we're seeing so many things crumbling. That gets me upset. When I I think about, as I said, all that's going on in our culture, all that's going on in our world, according to U.S. News and World Report, and this was a couple of years ago, the... Pornography industry makes about $10 billion a year. 60% of all websites on the internet are pornographic. Our nation used to be the leading nation in sending out missionaries. Now, we lead the world in sending out pornography. 150 new titles every single week. We live in a world where you can't escape it. The television program, they sell soap with sex. 
And they sell cars with sex. They sell soda with sex. And they sell everything else with it. We're saturated with it. You go on the computer and the emails that come inviting you to some explicit site. The billboards along the highway. The conversations at the office cooler. All around us. George Barner said that 28% of born-again Christians feel it's acceptable to view pornographic pictures. Read the word. Read the book. The Bible clearly tells us to avoid that, to stay away from it, to not involve ourselves in it. Do you know that one in three girls and one in seven boys, by the time they reach 18, will be molested? And there's a strong, strong, strong correlation between pornography and molesting children and abusing children. When you look at the world we live in, you see it's explosive with sexual temptation. Landmines all across the journey of life. But something else, the flesh. The flesh. In Matthew 5, 15, 19, it says, For out of our heart, where does it come? Out of our heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Guess what? All of us are made of the same stuff. From the dirt of the ground, from the earth. And in Adam, we've all fallen and we've inherited a sinful tendency towards sin. There's a leaning, a biased inside of humanity towards sin, towards these things. And so Jesus said, all sorts of things come out of your heart. So where did that come from? We have this fallen nature with this bent towards sin. You must guard yourself. You must watch yourself. You must diligently keep yourself. Inside of all of us, there are desires that God placed. One of those desires is for sexual intimacy. I'd like to just talk to married couples for a moment. The rest of you tune out. Husbands, make sure you're meeting your wife's needs. I remember a beautiful Christian woman calling me up, very distraught, coming in to see me, doesn't attend our church, not, in, uh, not here at Faith Assembly at all, but years ago. She was so distraught. And she said, my husband no longer is interested in me. She was a beautiful woman. But something bothered him, and he just shut down towards his wife. And for a long period of time, that continued to go on. Finally, uh, she began hanging out with some friends, and she was a good Christian woman. I remember her with a passion for the lost, started going to uh, dances, and eventually that marriage fell apart. How She suffered, and he suffered, and the children suffered. Do you know if you keep back sexual intimacy from your mate, you're sinning? The Bible says we're defrauding our mate. That's what Paul the Apostle says. It says, be careful about the amount of time that you abstain from sexual intimacy. It's like sending that mate out into the world, filled with temptation, and say, "Uh uh-huh, you go ahead. Go ahead, be tempted. 
You're making it hard for them. You're putting them in harm's way. So wives, husbands, recognize your responsibility to one another. That's spirituality. Okay, everybody else come back in. (laughs) If you're single, God will give you the grace. God will give you the strength. God will help you. Be determined to live a godly life. Don't meet your legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. You know, I was reading something about cohabiting. You can go to a counselor, and if they don't have a Christian worldview, they'll say, go ahead, cohabit, it's okay. I was surprised in some of the resources I was using in studying that how many psychologists and psychiatrists would just advise people to live together. Let me read to you some of the statistics. This was from 2007, the New Oxford Review. It says one-sixth of cohabiting couples stay together for only three years. One in ten survives five or more years. Cohabitation is not the answer. It's not biblical. It doesn't work without commitment. Then the world, the flesh, and the devil. In Peter it says 5, 8, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You have an enemy. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your future. He wants to rob everything that God has for you. He wants to take it away. That's Satan's plan. That's his plot. But you can spoil it. I remember years ago, I was in a time of prayer and fasting. I was seeking the Lord. I was back in college. And I said, Lord, will you give me an understanding about demonic oppression and spiritual warfare? And I had a dream. And in that dream, the Lord spoke to me. He showed me a a Christian man, and this Christian man, his behavior began to change. And he acted so differently than was characteristic. And in the dream, the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's a demonic attack. It's a spiritual battle. And I remember waking up, and in those days I wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night. I was uh, in college and I slept right through the night, and I would woke up out of a deep sleep. I got down and I began to go, I went to the desk and I began to write down what God had spoken to me. And I felt the presence of the Lord. The next morning my roommate said to me, did you get up during the middle of the night? I said, oh yeah. He said, I thought I was dreaming. I saw you at the desk with the light on, and I saw two angels there. I'll never forget that encounter. There are times Satan will attack you, and he'll try and get a hold of your life with the spirit of lust. Because he can destroy you, he can destroy your family, he can destroy those around you. It is a battle. What are the causes? The world, the flesh, our tendency towards sin. The basic needs we have that Satan would try and put a hook in and pull us in the wrong direction. Satan, our adversary, who would try to destroy us spiritually. 
Those are some of the causes, and I'm not going into all, but basically those are some. What's the consequence of lust? In 1 Thessalonians 4, 6, that no one wrong or exploit a brother or sister in this manner, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, just as we have already told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. That's another translation. It brings to light what the text is saying. Don't seduce or don't get involved with someone who's not your spouse because God will judge that type of sin. The enemy is a great deceiver. What's the consequences? Deception. You get involved in immorality, you will be deceived. It'll deceive you. In Ephesians 4.22, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. Someone thinks, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. If only he or if only she were my mate, or if only I can get him or I can get her. And they begin to fantasize, they begin to think about, and soon their thoughts turn to actions and their actions turn to deeds, and their deeds end up in destruction. It's not going to satisfy you. It isn't. You read testimony again and again and again. It's deceptive. It's deceptive. A woman thinks, I want to deal with this loneliness. I want to fulfill this sense of need of intimacy. And she finds she gets herself in a web of problems. A man feels like life is maybe passing him by and years are going. And he thinks, I want to prove my youthfulness or my attractiveness. Or perhaps life has been hard and he wants to somehow uh, sedate the pain. And he gets involved in sexual sin. It's disaster. I still remember I could see that person right now. We were at a presbytery meeting and one of our ministers, a, a well-known, well-loved minister, had fallen into adultery. That church was ripped apart. His marriage was on such shaky ground. His children left the faith. And over the year that we would see him, I watched his hair turn from black to gray. The anxiety, the worry, the shame, it was a burden that crushed him. Oh, you're not going to find it. It's deceiving. It doesn't pay. You get involved in pornography and you get addicted. Uh, the studies have shown it's like a drug addiction. It releases chemicals in your brain and you get caught in it and it's just as strong and just as powerful as someone with an alcohol or drug addiction. It's deceptive. Don't go there. If you have to get rid of the computer, get rid of the computer. If you have to disconnect from online, disconnect. 
If you have to change your subscription on the television, change your subscription on the television. If you have to separate relationships and someone is a tempter or temptress to you, do it. Pride, greed, anger, lust, gluttony, sloth, and envy are the seven deadly sins. Pastor Ed will be sharing a message on each of these sins. We're all subject to the desires of the flesh. In this series, Pastor Ed will expose the seven most common sins that we face on a daily basis. These messages will be drawn from various portions of Scripture. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Building in Faith. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Again, to follow Building in Faith and access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. When you visit the site, you'll only need to remember today's date. Simply click on today's date. You can listen, download, and even share this message with your friends and family via Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching on the seven deadly sins. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.